Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. When you confront the challenge of disciplining our children, as parents, we often default to the ways our own parents disciplined us. Sometimes it's, you know, harmful, and sometimes it makes you a better parent. I certainly suspect that it depends on how you were raised. Today, we're going to talk about positive parenting and positive discipline. And joining me is Dr. Candace Jones. She's a pediatrician and spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Jones, I'm so glad to have you with us today. As I was saying in my intro, and we were even talking off air a little bit about this, I mean, I feel I was very, very, very blessed. Youngest of six, plus three foster kids by parents were saints. And they knew how to discipline us. My mother could speak in the softest voice and look down and up through her eyelashes. And we did not mess around when she did that. It wasn't even a question, but I see parents today not quite sure what to do. So how do the ways that our children are disciplined shape not only their behavior and their overall health and well-being, but ours as well? You know, thank you so much for having me today. And you just said so many things, a mouthful. (laughs) First, I'll say you. it's a blessing to be blessed with parents who have wonderful parenting skills Um, And I'm so glad that you were parented in that way. So many kids are not. So that's awesome. (laughs) And to your second point, absolutely, um, many parents are parenting in the way that they were parented. And if it was someone like you, that's great. But if it's someone who was parented by parents who were more, um, you know, dictators were more strict or more harsh, um, using some harmful forms of discipline that absolutely impacts the health and well-being of those children who now may be adults and continuing that practice with their kids. So it is definitely connected. It definitely impacts children and the the adults. It impacts everyone in the family. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation today. And thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being with us. And yeah, I know how blessed and lucky I really was. I do know that because I saw what was going on around me. And as my parents took in foster kids, I saw what they had been dealing with as well. I can't do what my mother did, Dr. Jones. I don't have it. I just don't have that. I don't know. I was the youngest of six. By the time six comes around, you know, they're like, okay, see ya. But I have more of a hippie vibe with my kids and more of a sort of a um, a low lights music playing in the background, different kind of way of disciplining my kids. So speak to us a little about what you see now with positive parenting. What even is that? Because some people question whether we are too positive as parents and whether we're blind to the little fixes that may need to be adjusted in our kids. Right, right. So let's tackle that. The first thing you said, I love the hippie vibe. There are different parenting styles. And, you know, my book and, and, and pediatricians and American 
I mean, pediatrics, we're not trying to get people to fall into this cookie cutter type of parenting. We want you to have your own art of parenting, but there are different styles. And the way we kind of break that down traditionally, there are four traditional styles of parenting. And, you know, over the years, there's been different coinage of those terms, you know, uh, balanced parenting, lighthouse parenting, uh, helicopter parenting, tiger moms, all of these things. But the basic traditional ones are based on how much you demand from your kids and how responsive you are to your kids. So quickly, the uh, authoritative parent, you know, is more of a democracy in the home. They let their kids have choices and everybody talks and decides. And to let your listeners know that is the best approach and you can kind of make it your own. The authoritarian is more of that dictator type strict parenting that I talked about is do as I say, not as I do. And there's not much responsive to children's feelings and emotions and the choices they may have. It's like, no, you don't have a choice. Then there are permissive parents who tend to just let their kids do whatever they want. They'll figure it out. And then there are parents who are neglectful and they provide, you know, the basics for their child, a roof and food and water, but they're just really tapped out. They don't respond to their child. They don't really notice their child. And so that's probably the most harmful to children because they just didn't have that connection and loving and love that that they needed. But the best we get out of kids, the most successful kids, healthy, well, are those who have authoritative parents who have some demands, have some expectations, but they balance it with a nice amount of responsiveness and talking to their kids and allowing them to be independent and making some choices. So just throwing that out there. Your second point, positive parenting, is 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 just, you know, parenting with the child's development and overall health in mind and having that to guide how you parent and how you discipline. And so my book, High Five Discipline, takes that approach and helps parents create a family discipline plan. So hopefully create happy, healthy, well-behaved kids. Well, Dr. Jones, and I appreciate everything that you said there. And sometimes... Do you see that some parents do the opposite of what they learned? I have a friend of mine who really had those authoritarian parents. And as a result, she became that over-permissive parent who just said, I, I won't shame my kids. And we used to have these disagreements where I would say, you know what, sometimes kids need to be ashamed of what they've done. Sometimes they do need discipline. And she's like, nope, nope. And so sometimes is it quite the opposite? And in which case, I'd love for you to speak to the parents out there about ways that we can look inside ourselves to find that balance. And I mean, how do we learn this? Right, right. So the first thing you said there brings me to defining discipline. And so oftentimes I think that we forget that discipline is so much more than what we when kids misbehave. Discipline, the root word from Latin, <laughs> means to teach. And parents are the teachers and our kids are the students. And so we discipline all day long when we're teaching our kids. 
And so we can be encouraging good behavior when we talk about high five essentials from the book. We One of those elements is one of those high five essentials is to encourage good behavioral choices. And that's teaching, that's discipline. And so then there's another element, which is how you correct or discourage misbehavior. And so, yes, you have to have some skills to do that too. Um, And so that's, I think, the big piece that parents need to realize. And we do not want to use hitting, spanking, yelling, shaming, um, any, any coercive negative type of controlling parenting. Those things have bared out the research to be harmful to kids in so many ways. Um, but I think shame is different in the sense of uh, shame is harmful, but I think a play on that word would that kids re- express remorse or guilt. That's what I meant. Take I think. responsibility. Right. I knew that's what you meant responsibility for the poor choices they make. Yes, we want to do that. We want them to um, understand what they did wrong and say, I'm sorry, and correct and do better the next time. And that's what we want to teach them. And we want them to be able to do it for themselves. And so we can do that by modeling it. So parents can also say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that and repair that situation. Yes. So that's so important. And then you're right. That is really what I meant. Not shaming a child, but, but, you know, having them feel remorse because when kids feel no remorse, and we've seen this even in the country today, people, when they feel no remorse for things that they've done, tend to repeat those things. So what about things like tantrums? And I remember Dr. Jones, my, my daughter, you know, never ever did a tantrum out in public. It was always at home. And my doctor said, oh, you're good. It's good. She's saving her shtick for you at home. She doesn't want to be embarrassed in public, you know, and do these things. But I still never knew what to do. And she says, hug her. And I said, how can I hug her when she's throwing a tantrum? I don't want to hug her. And she's, she said, no, you know, there's, there's these ways. So what do we do when they do stuff like that? When they're, when kids are fighting or, tantrums are happening or they refuse to do their homework. I mean, give us an example of ways to positively discipline children at that point when we're so worked up. I would love to do that because that's that's like, you know, getting to the meat of the matter, right? <laughs> so I try to tell parents to look at my foundational high five essentials. And when a problem arises with their child, Um, to kind of go through that process. That's what the book kind of teaches them how to do. Number one is knowledge of child development and parenting skills. And so as parents, there's something we need to do, preferably before we have kids, but you can do it all the while during everything. We want to understand child development. So that tantruming toddler, right, we have to understand that that is a developmental phase in toddlers. And it's mainly there because they don't have the ability to control or regulate their emotions during that time. And can we all imagine as adults if we couldn't talk, right? Uh, You know, an adult who's had a stroke and they don't have their speech. What do we see in someone that never displayed any type of anger or throwing things or tantrum when suddenly they've had a stroke and they can't talk, but they're trying to communicate something? They're going to get mad and angry 
throw and try to get your frustrated right that frustration so that's what your toddler is sort of experiencing when they get upset they can't communicate it they can't advocate for themselves and so the best way to communicate what they're feeling is falling out and throwing and yelling and crying (laughs) so you they get your attention and you come rescue and so we have to recognize that and have empathy for that. And I love that your doctor said hug them because instead of time out for a tantrum, we can do time in and bring them close, hug them, helping them to co-regulate and calm down. And then you can talk to them about using their words. If those words are there, you can talk them through what you think was going wrong and what they can do instead. And over time, if you've done it, if you've managed it correctly, these tantrums will fade away. So these are the, this is the knowledge and the skills that parents need to have. Number two, having good relational health. So just that time in is modeling connection and love and support and all of that good stuff your child needs to develop into a a wonderful, you know, successful, well-regulated adult. And then encouraging appropriate behaviors. You're going to calm the child down because you can't yell and fuss at them in that moment of tantrum, their stress response system is triggered. You're not going to get anywhere. So have them to calm down first, and then you can talk to them about what they can do in those moments, which encourages those behaviors. And you address, you corrected the tantrum when you help them to calm down. That's all they need to learn in that moment. So that's that's addressing that misbehavior. And then last, managing the environment. Parents need to be more proactive and set their kids up for behavioral success. Why was your child tantruming? Is something you could have done to prevent that? Like, why were you trying to, why were you in the grocery store for two hours? Or why did you try to do five things today with your toddler? Could you have done that on the day where you could do it by yourself? Could you have given them a snack or brought a toy to the clinic if you knew you were going to wait an hour? You know what I mean? Be I do. prepared to head those things off and prevent them. So those are the high five essentials in looking at a toddler and tantrum. I love that list. Parents, I hope you were writing that down, but you didn't have to because you can always rewind the podcast and listen again because that was an excellent list. And I can attest that while I didn't want to do it because you're so mad at the time, it calmed right. me down, you know, my serotonin levels and, and, and just all of that stuff. And my daughter was having trouble communicating and we breathed together and we, and I held her. I feel like crying right now, but it did calm them down. It did calm her down. And those tantrums went away because then she knew she would, she would come and grab my leg and squeeze really hard. And so that was her communicating that she was frustrated and that she needed to you know, hug it out or communicate it or whatever. So before we wrap up, because gosh, we could go on a long time. 
And I want you to really reiterate the importance of that communication. But before we do our wrap-up, Dr. Jones, I want you to tell us about your work with children who are underserved. We're seeing so many healthcare disparities today and just disparities in general, whether it's schools or healthcare, inequality. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me to do that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, I went to Morehouse School of Medicine, and that is an historically black school of medicine who is dedicated uh, to serving the other underserved, to addressing those healthcare disparities. It houses the National um, Center for Primary Care. Uh, at the time when I was in medical school under the direction of a former Surgeon General, Dr. David Satcher. And so that was, uh, you know, implanted in me even as a medical student to serve marginalized communities and to try to uh, reduce healthcare disparities and fight against health inequities. Um, and so I continue to do what I can today by practicing in, in an area where patients are underserved and trying to be the auntie in their family, to be the light to figure out what they need and educate them about how they can do better, but also fight those social factors that they have no control over. Um, that keep them in the position where they're in that contributes to those disparities. So there's multiple layers to that problem. Um, and so in the area of discipline, I find that stress, strain, and poverty um, uh, in, you know, surrounded by violent communities tend to parent in a harsh way. Um, it's, it's a survival mode, if you will. And so I'm always, this is just one example, I'm always talking to them about that and letting them know that more than ever, their children need positive, they need love, they need nurturing, they need support. Um, and so parents need to do some work within themselves to heal their traumas and not to impart those traumas on their kids, break those cycles, and build their children up. And so I'm trying to do the best I can. It's, it's hard work, um, but I love it. Well, bless your heart. That's excellent work and so needed right now. Really such important work that you're doing now. Wrap it up for us with positive discipline because, you know, parents of all generations have had their own styles, right? Over the years, we've seen various styles come and go. And, you know, some are best friends with their kids and some, as you said, were authoritarian and helicopter, which I have been accused of before. <laughs> I have, but I think I'm better now. But so wrap it up with your best advice about positive parenting and what you want us to know about that importance of communication and positive discipline above all else. Right, right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And so definitely get the book, High Five Discipline, Positive Parenting for Happy, Healthy, Well-Behaved Kids. I think it is a wonderful positive parenting guide um, that will help parents discipline their children in a way that supports their health and development. It will address all of your um, common concerns with your kids, like tantrums and lying and sibling rivalry, through wonderful stories that I've encountered in practice. I'm a mom, and I also have tons of parents talking to me about 
these things and we want to keep it positive. We want to keep it supportive. We want you to look at it through the lens of the high five essentials. And at the end, you get to a quiz and you get to print a plan that you can make for your children um, and, and tweak it as you need it. And so I think this is a wonderful resource um, in conjunction with the American Academy of Pediatrics for uh, parents. And we also, the thing is, we also talk to parents themselves in a whole section of the book so they can do their work to be the best they can be to pour the best into their children around self-care, around calming skills, because yes, Kids trigger us and have us very angry sometimes. I'm even, I even have that problem and practicing mindfulness and coping. And so there's some things parents need to do so that we're better and respond better to our kids, not just around how we discipline them. 100%. What an informative show this was. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that you will join us many times again, as you are such an excellent guest with real usable information. Listeners, share this show on your social channels with your friends and family that need to hear all of this great information because our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. And it takes a village, right? It, we all need help and we love our pediatricians because they are the ones helping us to raise our kids and raise them safely and raise them happy and healthy. And that is what it's about. Remember, you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole for Healthy Children, the American Academy of Pediatrics and Radio MD. Thank you again, Dr. Jones, and stay well.